Well, 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 here we go. Labor Day weekend is upon us. It's Reavers back from the Minnesota State Fair. Thank God it's over with with the Garage Logic podcast. And we're going to do something that I love here on the Weekly Scramble. We're going to talk some town ball. And one of my best guests ever talking town baseball is a good buddy of mine. His name is Jeremy Stender, an old radio guy, just like yours truly. KGLB Radio. If you do not follow him and you are interested in amateur baseball, then shame on you because Jeremy's one of my go-to sources when it comes to watching games or being a part of games that I'm not physically able to be at uh, at KGLB guy right on Twitter Jeremy's that your handle I want to make sure I get that out there that is correct and uh, Chris it's always a pleasure thanks for having me uh, lots of fun and it's hard to believe this is already the third and final weekend I know it and it always goes by fast I had firsthand experience of that you know last year being being a host with the Dundas Dukes uh, and hosting the 99th amateur tournament last summer so it always flies by and I was asked that last weekend and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm I'm a little bitter, I'm a little sad because we lost our one game that we got to appear in last Sunday night uh, when we lost to the New Ulm Brewers in an absolute pitcher's duel. So it does fly by, though, man. It, it's 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 crazy how all of a sudden you, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting for that first game to appear, and all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, it's Labor Day weekend already. What the hell happened? But it's been a good tournament. I've only been a part of just the one game and the one day, I should say, uh, that we were a part of. But I plan on making several trips over there this weekend because I know the Jordan Brewers are still heavily involved, and I do want to watch some amateur ball this weekend. And now that I've got state fair duties kind of in the rearview mirror, I want to kind of soak in some some town baseball over the course of this weekend. You know, it's it's kind of that old double-edged sword, right? I mean, it's like the kids are back to school yep. which for us this week, so it was great. I mean, they loved their dad on Tuesday morning playing Celebration by Cool and the Gang on repeat <laughs> all the way on the drive to school as they just rolled their eyes at me. But um, So that part, you know, my wife and I were very excited about. But, yeah, it's the end of baseball, and, and it's always down, you know, a little bit of a downer. But, man, you said it right. I mean, it's been an unbelievable tournament. We're already over 17,000 people. That's crazy. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I think the Heat's probably going to keep some away. It's not going to keep them all. I, I think even most will still come out. But I think it's probably going to have an effect on that final number a little bit. Because when you're talking about, you know, what, Saturday, 95, um, Sunday I saw 102 on my phone, and then 99 potentially on Monday. You know, you're going to get some of those casual people that are going to be like, Eh, you know what? Let's plop in front of the TV, or let's turn on the radio, or let's right. let's do that. We can follow along that way, or whoever on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. But so, yeah, that that's kind of uh, really the only downer heading into this final weekend because the first two weekends you really almost had ideal weather uh, for this tournament with no rain. So, yep, yeah, it, it, it's here, believe it or not. And you know, despite uh, the Faribault Lakers not being in, despite you know, Young America Cardinals being out, you and I are still going to have a lot of fun with it, and there's still a lot of fun stories and a lot of really great teams, and should be a great weekend. No doubt, and uh, things kick off. Uh, I'm just going through the bracket right now. Tonight in Litchfield, the Jordan Brewers, my hometown Jordan Brewers, are taking on the Fergus Fall Hurricanes uh, over in Dassel. We've got St. Martin taking on Avon, and I bl- is it a B matchup uh, over there in nope. Delano? Delano tonight, it's, uh, the A's are hosting El Rosa. So, that's right. Okay, gotcha. You know, I don't know if you heard about that last Friday night. What was it? 1,332 people was the reported attendance in Delano so, for that Friday night game. I mean, think about that. Well, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Crowd. So we played Sunday afternoon in Delano, and 
the person that was our host was telling us about the crowd. And, I, and I'll remember when we did the Fox 9 game down in Faribault, we thought we had close to 1,100 people. And we have a massive grandstand down in Faribault. And they said 1,300, which I don't doubt for a second, but they said, thir- and I'm thinking, I'm looking up and down because the, the Delano ballpark is spectacular. I hadn't been, I had not been to a game there since the 2019 championship game. And I thought, where the hell did they put everybody for thirteen, you know, thirteen hundred people? But it, that's that's really cool to see, and I guarantee they're probably going to get close to that again this evening with uh, with the the hometown A's playing a game at, at their own ballpark. I would have to think so, and you know, El Rosa's a Stearns County team too. True, so yeah. It's not like you know, it's not like they're not going to be bringing anyone. So yeah, it, it should be a pretty big, um, you know, another pretty big crowd to start that off. I think you know, um, even though maybe the state board won't tell you this. You know, they obviously like to see Delano uh, keep winning, right? Because yep. that's just going to help drive that number up uh, with a few more local people um, pulling in there. But, you know, in, in Delano right now through, um, well, you know, just through last week, and they, they really looked the part. I think ultimately what it's going to come down to for them is now, you, now you're here. You get to Labor Day weekend, and that's the question for 16 Class C teams. Do we have enough arms? Yep. Can, can we, do we have enough to get us, um, you know, maybe even through Sunday? Do we have enough to get us through Sunday, get through three games, win three, and then Monday we throw the kitchen sink? And it might be a guy that throws tonight or, you know, that early game tomorrow on Saturday. Or it might be, you know, hey, can we piece it together with these three guys each once or twice through the lineup? Um, you know, that often is how it comes uh, into play, but then you're, you know, you are going to have some teams like I look at a Waconia and I look at their matchup tomorrow against Bird Island, you know, tough, tough matchup. You know, they're, they're going to face likely the, the draftee from Atwater Kingery. And, you know, I look at that Waconia team and, and I just, I don't know why I don't like to make a lot of predictions, but I just have this funny feeling that if Waconia finds a way to get by Bird Island on Saturday, that they're going to be playing on Labor Day. Yep, I don't know. know why I think that. That that's just kind of you know how sometimes you have these little intuitions. Yep. Um, that's what I feel like with the Waconia Lakers. I, I feel like if they can if they can figure out a way to to put up two or three runs against Kingery, um, they're going to get to Monday. And you know for Bird Island, they're probably thinking the same because we've seen how close they've come the last few years. But it seems like sometimes it's been their bats that have slipped them up. Last year it was against Watertown. I think. They had that one nothing game against Red Wing that went like 13 innings. Yep. Then the 21-inning game that they played where they only scored three or four runs. So I think it's, you know, it's just interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how this all plays out. Well, and that's the the thing, and you you are very well aware of this, but I always tell people, I say, listen, there's, there's teams that can find a way to kind of sneak into the tournament, but you don't sneak your way into Labor Day weekend. I mean, you've got to be a good team to get to this point of the tournament to be one of the final 16 teams. Sure, a ball can bounce your way in a given game. I, I get that. That's just baseball. But you don't sneak your way into Labor Day weekend unless you're a good club. And that's the case for a lot of these teams that are playing you know, over the in both Class C and Class B. But I agree with you. I mean, I'm just looking at that side of the bracket that we were a part of up until last Sunday night. But there's a lot of good teams that are left on, on both sides the bracket but man that's just a hellacious lineup whether you're talking about Niswa, New Ulm, Hutch, whatever I mean if you're going to get to the championship game you you have really done you have really done a lot of work man. Well you know obviously you guys know all about the New Ulm Brewers and 
the Hutch Huskies, they're maybe not going to like what, what I could say, but imagine Niswa Buckman, you know, the two teams that played last year yep. in the state championship game. That's a potential quarterfinal matchup. Um, you know, two teams from the same region, a, a rematch of that championship game. You know, you've got that potential. I mean, again, these are just talking about potential matchups. Could you imagine, you know, Sunday at 4 o'clock in Delano, oh. Jordan Brewers and Delano A's? That I mean, would be insane. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be 104 so, degrees, and, you know, both teams are going to be playing on their second day. And, you know, we always sit and we talk about these pitchers and the arm, these arms. How about these catchers? Yeah. Do you have any idea what they're in store for this, this yeah. weekend? It's just, you know, because most teams, you know, when you, when you talk about rolling out your best lineup, a lot of times when you roll out your best lineup, you have your one catcher. Yep. You know, and there's going to be guys that are going to have to try and go 18 innings if they're able, um, you know, come Sunday. So, yeah, that that makes it uh, a whole lot more interesting. So what you're trying to tell me, Jeremy, is you think that if it is, it is a in fact, a Delano-Jordan Sunday 4 o'clock matchup in 90-degree heat, you're saying there's a fighting chance a beer might be sold at that ballpark? I, I, think, I think there is, and I, I would encourage um, people <laughs> listening to this pod, if you're going out there, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, those tin buckets, you can get a six-pack of water in there, too. <laughs> Mix like it maybe in. maybe every other one, just to keep yourself a little more hydrated. That's okay to do. Nobody's going to frown at you when it's 102 degrees. So I have a question before I lose track of time about Class B. You guys were involved with it um, with uh, Young America. But I know we, we talked to Patrick Royce on the Garage Logic podcast earlier today out at the Minnesota State Fair. It is a pretty cool story seeing the St. Patrick Irish going up against Minnetonka, given the fact that St. Patrick's playing Class B for the very first time. But I wouldn't be surprised if St. Patrick finds a way to beat them tonight. But but Class B as a whole, are they liking the the single elimination format? Because I've got to imagine overall, it's got it's got to be pretty good for the product itself, right? I sure think so. I mean, you know, when I look at it. Um, you know, and that's kind of as a, a neutral observer, um, you know, who, who's either called games before the, you know, before a B game or a B game was before our broadcast and just seeing some of the, of the players stick around and kind of taking it all in and enjoying this. You know, we talked about it on our first pod a couple of weeks back, just about, you know, the facilities that some of these A teams are going to get an opportunity to see, right? Because right. For a lot of them, they're either renting fields or there's time constraints on when they can play. Not for all of them, but, you know, I mean, I, I remember I was in awe in 2013, the first time I went to Delano. That was 10 years ago, and that park looks nothing like that anymore, right. you know, the improvements that they've made. So I, I think that from that standpoint, and I think that it's just helping people understand and realizing this whole town ball thing and, and how big they take that, to your point, you know, like St. Patrick and Minnetonka. I mean, you're talking about David versus Goliath, not in the baseball sense, right? Because I would never call St. Patrick uh, David because they, they've got a hell of a team. I'm, I'm just saying you've got, you know, the, this little village of, of St. Patrick, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, their first year in Class B, playing probably the the premier Class A team over the last half century, right? No the doubt. Minnetonka Millers. Yep. And, you know, that that's just a cool, cool thing. And guess what? 
The only place something like that can happen, Reavers, is in Minnesota town ball. Absolutely, right? yeah. You, you don't get to see that anymore in high school, right? Because we've got forty six classes for every, you know, for every sport or, or, or what have you. You just don't get to see something like this anymore. So that, that, that's a really cool uh, piece, and I'm looking forward to reading it um, from Royce. But you know, I think that that one's going to be so fun uh, tomorrow morning you know, over in Litchfield, I just went, you know, I'm going to be on the air, um, you know, doing Waconia and Bird Island, but I can tell you on my laptop that, you know, the I score is going to be up yeah. uh, in the background and I'll be following along just to see how that one plays out. Well, and just to look, looking at the bracket, I, I didn't even realize that they're actually hit. We have five B teams left and three A teams in the tournament. I can't imagine that that could have happened or worked out any better when the board first decided to put this together, whatever it was a year ago or so. Yeah. I mean, think about uh, some of the teams, you know, Lions pub, they were kind of the team that I had as my, you know, just because I, I wasn't going to go Minnetonka, not because I don't think Minnetonka is not the best team or one of the best. It's just like, ah, I, I want to do something different. And Lions pub was really good. They lost their first game, you know, baseball 365. They were the runners up in a last year. A lot of people thought they're poised for a run. St. Patrick sneaks up and, you know, you know, bites them and, and knocks them off. So I, I think, you know, from that standpoint, it's really created a lot of excitement. You know, how about, you know, this guy from Air Freight, um, you know, they're playing, I think, the Moorhead Brewers uh, tomorrow. I think I heard some crazy stat, like in 60 or 70 innings, he's allowed one earned run all year. Wow. Um, you know, so you got to imagine he's going to be starting again. So, yeah, some of these great storylines and some of these great things, I, I definitely think that it's added a little bit more excitement, um, you know, for Class B. I think that all of the A and B guys will probably tell you that, that it, it's better than what it's been before. And um, But, yeah, definitely when you look on paper, you know, you, I think you look at that St. Patrick – Minnetonka matchup, and, and that's got the potential to be a pretty special one. Well, and I always like to kind of ask some of the guys around, you know, when I see somebody in uniform, like, you know, what are you thinking? Just just to kind of get a general vibe. And I was about to do that as I pulled into Delano last Sunday, but um, I ran into a couple of the Stockman Irish boys after their loss to Shockby, and I could tell by their body language, I thought, well, they lost, and they don't look like they want to chat. So I'm going to just probably leave them alone for right now. <laughs> but the run yeah. Shockby's had, too. You know, Shockby, I think... Didn't they, they, I think I was talking to Schlepper about this. He said, yeah, we, we found a way to get in. And oh, by the way, we've won two games and we're playing on Labor Day weekend. So kudos to them as well. Yeah. So it's a really cool story. Um, you know, Gary's had a, he's had a nice run with that bunch and, and they were kind of, you, you know, kind of left for dead in that first game. I can't remember. I think maybe it was Plymouth. I think the hit dog Academy that they played, I think they were, I think they were down five to one oh, wow. and ended up winning seven to five. And, and it was in the back half of that game. So, um, you know, kind of riding a little bit of momentum and, and now they're getting a chance to play against the Cobras uh, for Minneapolis. So, you know, that that's the fun thing, Reavers. It's like, you know, you always take this tournament one weekend at a time and it's like, Let's try and get to next weekend. Yep. Let's try and get to next weekend. And now it's almost like, you know what? Who cares? Let's just go win the whole damn thing. Right. You know, and you kind of, you know, let's, we're, we're here for Labor Day weekend. You know, the plans to the cabin are canceled or, you know, the trip to go see grandpa and grandma is canceled. We might as well make it a whole weekend of it and play baseball and, and see what we can do. And, um, you know, Shakopee's put themselves, uh, in a position, I think that, uh, 
you know, they've got to kind of be looking at things and saying, hey, we're, we're on borrowed time here a little bit. Let's uh, let's see if we can pull something off tomorrow in Delano and, and get to Sunday and have a chance to, to even play for a state championship. Okay, so before I – and I, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot for this, and I know you are not a spokesperson for the Young America baseball team, but you are obviously an extremely loyal follower of that club. And I'm wondering, because I was asked this question earlier about some other Class C teams, about you know the potential of – which, which teams are going to be moving up. And, and, you know, we were kind of in that same category being in Faribault. Are we going to be a team that's going to be looked at? And I'm wondering, given the success that St. Patrick has had with the move to Class B, is that going to help or is that going to hurt a lot of other teams' cases about either staying in Class C or moving back to Class C? And I don't really know how to answer that question. I'm wondering, how, how would you answer that question? Well, first of all, it's a really good question. Um, I, I've got to try and put my nice cap on sometimes when I answer some of these questions because I've had a few conversations um, with, with various NBA officials on uh, on my thoughts on I guess specifically you know from the Young America situation. I think you know I, I've even talked to Mike Stika. I'll, I'll use him. I, I get along with Mike great. I consider him a good friend uh, from St. Patrick. Obviously, he's on the state board, and you know we, we've talked about it uh, in depth. We either in phone, phone conversations. Um, you know, at the park the last couple of weekends. And, and I think, you know, for St. Patrick, there are definitely certain advantages with the proximity and their location of where they are and how they can kind of um, approach that. Um, you know, for, for a team like Young America, I think that, you know, I, I think for them, um, you know, number one, I expect them to be back in C next year. I think they did their obligation. Um, you know, they, they weren't always um, – you know, you know, sometimes they, they might have complained a little much, and I get that. I understand that. Um, but they did what they were supposed to do the last two years. Mm-hmm. Book says that they're supposed to be back in C next year. That's where I expect them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can look at it. But w- when I also look at St. Patrick, um, I, I say, okay, now let's go back to the year 2020 when they made the state championship game, and I believe they lost to Fairmont that year. Um, how many of those guys are still on the roster? Yep. And, you know, it's it's not double digits. Um, it might barely be – maybe it's a little bit more than, than a handful. So, um, you, know, you know, so they've seen a little bit of that roster overhaul. That's the other decision that you've got to make when you go from C to B. Because now it's like, okay, is this where we're going to stay? Can we sustain it? You know, for Young America, you know, being on the very outer edge or on the cusp of the Metro – it's a little tougher to convince guys from Chan Hassan's Eden Prairie's and, you know, Chaska's to come out, Hey, come and play with us because, you know, one, you're hurting your own fan base, right? Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, I think, you know, young America in the Crow river Valley league, if the radius went down to 15 miles, young America wouldn't lose a player on their roster. So, you know, if you bring in more of that outside talent, now what happens? Are you going to start losing more of the fan base? I mean, mm. we've seen other teams before that have done that, and it has hurt their fan base, sure. right? Yep. You, you might not have, you know, everyone that's on your roster is in that 20 to 30 miles away. Well, it, it doesn't endear you locally, maybe, um, you know, to fans. So, and, and I think, you know, even, you know, and, and, and just, you know, getting off the Young America soapbox, when you're traveling to your Egan's, to your Burnsville's, um, you know, on a Tuesday and Wednesday night, and you're driving almost an hour to play 
in some of those town ball games, you know, how many of your fans are making that trek? Right. And yeah. so you see it, you, and then you see it at the gate too at home because, you know, there aren't as many people there. So I, I think that, I think that long, long answer, I know. I think it can work. I think for someone like St. Patrick that has made the decision, you know what? This is what we've been dealt. This is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to we're going to build our roster. You can do that, and you know I think Young America could probably try and do that. I don't know how successful they're going to be at it, but um, you know they look forward. I know to be to going back to see uh, next year or this fall, uh, hopefully getting that that official word. But um, yeah, it, it's an argument, and there's so many different ways that you can go with it. I mean. Do you go population? Do you go if you win the state title in C or if you finish in the top four, two out of three years or something like that? You know, those are different things that you can look at to, you know, to maybe do it. And I understand, um, you know, what they're trying to do, but at the same time, um, doesn't always make it right. So right. there's my the diplomatic answer, and if I keep talking, I'll probably say something I shouldn't. So. <laughs> well, that's what's the beauty of having you on the podcast, Jeremy. Yeah. Why do you think I? Why do you think yeah. I poked the bear? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I'm looking at the bracket, and I just I just realized one thing before I ask you my bigger question: we don't have a Saturday night game on Labor Day weekend this year. I didn't realize that they had changed. Um, that schedule because the last game I'm looking at both Class C and Class B are both quote unquote scheduled for 4:30. Now we all know how that works because yep. I mean our 4:30 game I believe was 5:25 first pitch, but I didn't realize we're not having a Saturday night game this year uh, in either Class B or Class C. Which yeah, really until you said that because I'm sitting here with with both brackets in front of me. I guess I didn't really realize that you know either because you know you're kind of focused on where your duties are, right? I yeah. just know that. I've got to be in Dassel tomorrow morning by 9.30 or 10 o'clock, and I've got to be on the air a little after 10.30 for the Waconia game. So, you know, that that's kind of my focus, and then I know what Sunday looks like or how Sunday could play out. So, uh, yeah, you know, not noticing that, and that's, um, you know, that that's one of the things with bringing in a Waconia that first weekend, take a little bit of that, that stress off. Yep. Might also be one of those things where, hey, this gives us now three sites. If we do run into weather, you know, that might be sure. where we have to plug, you know, where we have, now we've got a couple open spots to plug something in, in the event that we would need it. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the theory behind it. You know, also, you know, when you're talking about, you know, volunteerism, as you know, from last year, you know, Sometimes an eight or nine hour day is a lot better than a 12 or well, 13 hour day. I'm glad right? you said that because my only critique, my only bit of criticism uh, from the tournament was when we concluded our game. And I, and by the way, I completely get why that this took place, but we conclude our game, our Sunday, which ended up being Sunday night game. And, you know, you're saying your goodbyes to all your buddies because you're not going to see each other for quite some time. The concession stands were closed. You could even, yeah. you could, and I get it, you know, you don't want to keep the grill on until 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday. I completely understand that, but I thought, because my boys, the entire game, I said, boys, if you just if you just hang out here, watch dad, watch the Lakers play, I'll, I'll get you a cheeseburger, and then we'll head home. So, of course, then I had to stop on the way home, but that's my only <laughs> that's my only piece of uh, critical advice for for, uh, for the ballpark, but I, get, but I get it completely. But, yeah, that other, other than that, though, uh, hats off to, and I again, I only got to take in Delano, and I'm sure everything else has been great in Dassel and Litchfield as well. But, but the the ballpark is great, the setting is spectacular, and the parking situation in Delano, fantastic, 
fantastic setup in Delano. Yeah, you know, I, I've both Dasso and Delano have looked unbelievable. Um, did a drive by of Litchfield, you know, uh, probably about six weeks ago now because I hadn't been out there. I think it was the 16 tournament when they might have been a, a third site um, host with Hutchinson and Dassel. Now, back then, the third site wasn't as involved as what the third sites are now. Um, but uh, haven't had a chance to call a game there. But if Waconia can get by Bird Island, potentially I could be there for two on Sunday. But, you know, the food's been great at, at both of the spots I've been. I've heard nothing but great things out of Litchfield. Um, obviously, the parks are just simply amazing. And I, I'm just always, I'm really always amazed at how it just seems like every year it keeps getting better and better. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Whether the, the innovation, the ideas, and some of these different things that, that these clubs are doing and, you know, just how, how proactive we've gotten and, you know, in our thinking and, and ideas and, yeah, I mean, you, you've got everything, whether it's radio, TV, Twitter, everything is at your fingertips now. Yep. And um, you, can, you can always find out, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before we started. I think I might be tonight, you know, got to take my daughter going to a local high school football game. Well, guess what I'm going to be doing on my little handheld computer? Yep, on my same. phone, be checking in, you know, or, or maybe even, uh, you know, I'll give Rick Graham in the plug, maybe even listening to that. Avon St. Martin game, checking in on that one, checking on K-Check. How's, how's the Jordan Fergus game going? You know, so yeah, it, it's just, it, it's kind of fun that, uh, you know, it's the world we live in that you don't now, you're no longer like when we were kids, Reavers, we had to be there in person. Yep. We didn't know what the hell happened until the next day when we read it in the paper and the, in the little scoreboard thing. So just makes it fun. So we've talked about a couple of the matchups, and I'm actually looking at what potentially could be an epic Sunday in Delano because I'm just looking at that side of the bracket. But is there any team out here that we maybe haven't discussed yet? Because there's a couple that come to come to my head when I'm looking at this bracket and how it potentially could um, break up. But is there any team or any individual matchup that you p- potentially are looking forward to or a team that maybe somebody, some people, including myself, are kind of sleeping on as we head into the final weekend of town baseball? Well, I'm going to say just because I said it two weeks ago on the podcast, you know, that I didn't think anyone was really talking about, and that's Maple Lake. Yep, I'm with um, you. You know, yeah, I mean, they're there again, and, and they've kind of they turned into a Labor Day stalwart. You know, they, they just seems like they always pop up on that bracket and and find their way in there. Um, you know, and when you talk about Maple Lake, I'd probably be remiss if I just didn't mention Region 12. I mean, you also got Delano and Hutch still playing too. I mean, they've they've had a hell of a run, and you know, Loretto losing to St. Martin the other day, six to five, where they'd have all four teams in there. Um, so, so Region Twelve has really been good. But I think you could say it about anyone. I mean, we've seen Bluffton into the state quarters a couple times the last few years. Um, you know, are, are they able? If they get through that, probably they might need a matchup with Delano. You know, that they would have to get through. I saw that Laverne team. Last week, um, you know, beat Plato. Plato in just an absolute heartbreaker um, for the Blue Jays. But that Laverne team is legit. Four of their top five hitters in their lineup are SDSU kids or former SDSU kids. I mean, and you could tell it when they they got into the batter's box and you just, even if they didn't swing the bat, just their approach. And it's like, 
yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. And, you know, their bats kind of woke up for them a, l- a little bit late. And I don't want to say stole one from Plato, but Blue Jays kind of missed some opportunities. So I, I-, I really like that Laverne team. I think they're a, a sneaky good pick. Um, you know, maybe to do something stupid like getting into that late game on Sunday, getting into the state semis, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised well, uh, to see that. And, you know, the, the other thing is, Nobody's, and I don't know why it is, but there's certain parts of these brackets, like nobody's talking about St. Martin against Avon. It's like that's just kind of a foregone conclusion, right? Whoever, well, Waconia or Bird Island, whoever wins, they're going to probably get to the semis. I mean, I even said it earlier, right? But yeah. I think that I just had this hunch that if Waconia gets by Bird Island, that they're somehow going to be playing uh, on Monday, on Labor Day in the state championship game. So, you know, that's an Avon team that you know you and I you mentioned it two weeks ago I think that game was at your park they had Niswa beat in the second they weekend did. last year they did of the state tournament and you know either four to one or five to one they were up and they lost late and Niswa then just goes on this magnificent Labor Day weekend run and that's the beauty of town ball that's what we love and I, I saw Rick Graham and um, you know, to, to name drop or to mention him again, you know, he tweeted something earlier today on Friday and he said, just think, he goes right now, he goes four days from now or 72 hours from now, there, there's going to be a group of guys that are going to have just done something so special. They're going to have reunions 10 years from now, yep. 20 years from now, 30 years from now. We don't know which of those 16 teams it's going to be, but he's right. When you think of it, that's how big it is, Right. Some team is just going to make – all these teams are going to make amazing memories this weekend, but one team's just going to make the ultimate memory. And that's that's a brotherhood that they're going to have for life. Well, and even the, the likes of us, because I remember I was listening to you guys call the Plato-Laverne game, and Plato was cruising along, and I had to text you because I think I, I either stopped my kid and I went shopping or did something. I'm like, wait, what the hell happened? I didn't even – I didn't get to hear the final the, – the ninth inning. How did they – what, you know, so I had, to, I had to get an update from you as to what the hell happened because I was listening to a fair amount of the game on the radio. But even yeah, stuff was, like that, yeah. It was – I mean, it was – I don't want to say, you know, foolish. It was, it was just – they – First of all, Laverne had some chances the first three or four innings. I think they had left like five runners on base through four innings, which isn't an obscene amount, but it's enough. But four of those five were in scoring position, and Plato just kind of kept getting out of it. And, you know, kudos to Plato. That's good. Well, then the back half of the game, it just seemed like Plato was constantly putting pressure on. And, you know, Jared Dusky from Watertown, their manager, actually joined me and did some color commentary you know, we talked about it either you know live on the air or during breaks. We're like, boy, one of these two teams has to get a two-out hit at some point, right? Mm-hmm. It just just didn't seem like it could happen. And then in the ninth inning, I think Laverne leadoff guy was hit by a pitch. Um, then we had a broken bat single, you know, in the center field, and then another single that just over the outstretched hands or arms of uh, Reese Schwartz, the Plato second baseman, if he gets that, I mean, it was, it was centimeters from his glove. If he comes down with that one, it's an easy double play because the ball was hit so hard that, you know, the, the Laverne Redbirds, those runners on first and second, they were off to the races. I mean, it even been a triple play to end the game. And then, you know, I think it was bases loaded one out and you get a ground ball in the infield and you come home and, you know, just a short arm throw in the dirt, catcher can't handle it. And that's how your season ends. Isn't so. it? Yeah. And it, and it's just all of a sudden you're looking around like kind of how we were and you're thinking, Oh crap, it, 
it's over. Like the season's yeah, over. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so you got to pick one, and I know I'm going to do the same thing. And I, you probably have an idea where I'm going, but who do you like standing tall for both Class B and Class C? Uh, what, whatever you said, 72 hours from now, Monday afternoon. Who do you like? Who do you like standing tall at the end of all of this? Boy, well, I, I kind of tipped my cap earlier with Waconia. Um, obviously, I'm a Region Seven guy, but. You know, I, I kind of went into this whole thing. Um, I, I just felt like th- there's been something that I've seen that's been a little bit different from the Waconia Lakers this year. Sure. And I don't know, um, you know, they've got a veteran bunch, and I don't know maybe if it's some of those younger guys becoming those mid-20 veterans that they just give me a different look. Um, you know, at the start of the tournament, I had Waconia playing Jordan in uh in the state championship game. I mean, they're both still there, yep. so why, why not just – you know, keep uh, rolling. I've got Waconia beating Buckman uh, on Sunday. Um, that's what I had at the start. And I've got Jordan beating Delano on Sunday. And then I've got Waconia um, beating the Jordan Brewers uh, Monday on Labor Day. And I so. probably have the exact op- or same matchup, but I have a different outcome <laughs> at the end of that because I'll have to just take my my hometown Jordan Brewers to uh, to come out victorious. But I was just looking at that because I can't. Unfortunately, I, I'm not able to make the the ball game in Litchfield tonight. But I, I should be able to make it Sunday for for a couple of those games if the Brewers happen to make it. But could you imagine Jordan and Delano Sunday afternoon at yeah. four o'clock? They're Hey, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, go out to Delano. You're going to go make your money after that. But first of all, what what a great baseball game that would be. Oh, it, it would be something special. I'm going to go back to, you know, you picked Jordan over Waconia. I got Waconia over Jordan. If that matchup happens, loser buys a bucket on Monday. After 100%. Gamer, right? 100%. Okay. 100%. All right. Yes. I just want to make sure that we've got that. It's uh, on record. You know, it's not it's... in writing, but it is now officially on record. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but, th- uh, but that yeah, matchup. That, that, would be, that, that would be just, you know, an outstanding. You know, when you talk about crowds, because like we said at the top, um, the heat is probably going to keep some people home. That's just, sure. you know, State Fair is going to deal with it this weekend. Any place that's having some kind of festival this weekend that's outside, you're going to lose people because of the heat. That's yep. just the way that, you know, the way that we are. But, um, you know, you get a Delano Jordan and, you know, we, we know how Waconia travels. And you you remember, you know, Billy Goat Nation last year. Oh, God, yes. You, know, if you can get a Final Four like that. You know, you, you might be down some people, but you're still going to have really, really big crowds. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, and before I let you go, I was asked this question. I thought, you know what, next time I have Jeremy on, I'm going to ask him this, this same question. And that's talking about kind of the overall health of town baseball. And I have... A bit of a different answer because in relation to baseball, I get it that not as many kids, you know, like when we were growing up, that's just what you did from what spring break until football practice started is you you played baseball. It didn't matter if it was organized, if it was in the backyard, whatever. And I get it. There's just other options right now, whether it's lacrosse, whether it's video game, whatever. So I get that not as many kids are playing baseball as there probably was when we were growing up. And maybe that's just a perception on my part. But the overall health of town baseball, I'm going to say, is going to be different. And I think it's still very strong. And that's because you're talking about a different animal. You know, with a high school baseball team, you're talking about trying to get as many kids that are the exact same age playing together for two years or three years or whatever the case might be. Whereas with town baseball, 
You've got guys that are going to be playing five, ten plus years. You know, look at me; I'm an old fart, and I'm still hanging around, with, you know, town baseball. So it's just a completely different animal, and that's why I think personally, the health of town baseball in the state of Minnesota is as good as it's ever been. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think again, going back to you know, just the the opportunity to to watch, you know, listen or follow along to games, you know, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on the radio, whether yeah. it be on TV, uh, you know, you just have, you know, a plethora of opportunities. Fox 9 Town Ball Tour, um, you know, all of these different things that, that kind of help bring it together and tell the story. I remember last year, you know, when we did this podcast, you talked about a listener of yours from, you know, one of these episodes who came to Faribault yeah. because he heard about it. Like or, or went to maybe it was Delano a couple of years ago, and now he's went to every state tournament like the last four years. He's like, I never, you know, I've, I've lived here my whole life. I never knew this was right in my backyard. Yep. That stuff like this was happening, and you know, I think that that's kind of the story that Town Ball set tells. And then you talk about, you know, I, I mean, even for my family, like we have our summer baseball family, right? Our, our young American people. And some of them are cousins just because my family has been so involved, but you know, we have a, a, a pretty big, we, we consider ourselves a family kind of within our young America organization because we spend so much time together. We've, we've had a, a few of those deep runs the last four or five years. And it's just these bonds and these things that you create, you know, that go way beyond one summer or, or way beyond a couple of years. And, you know, it's really different as my kids have gotten older and they're on traveling teams and they're doing all of this. And yeah, you have, you have those team families too, right? But there's something different about the town ball aspect. No and, question. You know, I, I can't pinpoint it exactly, but yeah, I, I don't know that we've ever seen it um, in a healthier spot. Now there's going to be some, you know, maybe of those older generations that are going to argue when, when I say that, well, you know, we used to have six or 700 teams. Yep, I know that we, you know, families used to be seven or eight people too. You know, everyone right. had five or six kids, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. When people got done with high school, they stayed home. They didn't go off to college. They didn't go off to jobs. You know, they stayed on the farm or they worked at the, at the local feed mill. Um, you know, some of those things have changed, and that's just the reality of where we are. But, you know, just because something is a little less than what it used to be when I'm talking about the volume of teens, that doesn't mean – that it's not more or better now. Yeah, no, so. there's no question about it, and that's and that's just it. Because I, I, you know, we had a couple of younger guys, you know, associated with our team, and I was talking to one of them upon the conclusion, just saying, "You've been bit, haven't you?" And he said, "What?" I said, "You've been bit by the town ball ball." Because I remember him looking at me saying, "Oh my God, this is awesome!" And you're you're talking about the environment and the crowd, and you're in a huge game at a state tournament. You know, this kid just went from, well, I, I'm going to I'm gonna play with these guys to, oh, my God, I'm never leaving. Like, this is just awesome. And that's what happens. You know, we all get bit by the town ball bug, and we can't let it go. And that just that kind of just happens organically, and that's what makes it so great. There's an old adage in Region 7, and, you know, maybe some other parts of the state say this too, but we always talk about it, a bunch of us guys, whether it's my radio partner, Chris Dahman, or Nick Frank, who does games with me, or Josh Monahan. We call it the three-year rule. If you can get a guy sucked in for three summers, it's hard as hell. It's harder than hell for him to leave. Oh God, you know yes. what I mean? Because all of a sudden you get him involved in those club activities. You get him, you know, he starts getting to know the families. All of a sudden his girlfriend's coming along or his wife is coming along and he, or his kids are starting to play with, you know, with your kids. 
you know, there's that we always say in Region Seven, it's the three-year rule. If you can get a guy for three years, you've got a potential lifer there. Yeah, and that's the same guy that all of a sudden, fifteen years later, who you never thought would last longer than one or two summers. Now he's running the concession stand, or now he's the president of your organization. So, oh, he married yeah, the beer tub girl. Dang it. Now, yeah, now he's not leaving for sure. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Awesome. Well, uh, Jeremy, one more time, give us, uh, give us a little shot because you're going to be doing the Waconia game. Now, it, again, outside of that, are you planning on doing any other games if Waconia doesn't happen to be playing all the way through Labor Day weekend? Remind no, me. we're down to just we're down to just region seven okay. uh, in our area, so that'll be on AM thirteen ten FM ninety six point one or the free uh, KGLB app. Uh, you can give me a follow on Twitter at KGLB guy, and um, yeah, we'll we'll have, if Waconia Lakers are playing, um, we will have broadcast. Uh, if we don't, my family gets me a little bit earlier. Uh, than probably what they expected uh, for Labor Day weekend. So well, and again, um, I I appreciate it because I follow all of you guys. Whether it's you, you know, Croucher, Kip Kovar, as you mentioned, Rick Graham, and I follow all of you guys just so I can stay up to date on everything that's going on that I'm not physically able to be a part of. So thanks for all that you guys do for sure. No problem. Hey, I've got one more question for you. Please, we didn't do our we didn't do our B prediction. Oh God, you're you know, right. Thank you for reminding me. We, we've got to do that. So I, I went first for C, so I've got to see what you're going to say, and then I'll get mine. Well, I mean, I'm a DRS guy, so I'm going to have to pick the St. Patrick Irish to play in the championship game. You know what? I'll, here's what I'll do. I'll take the St. Patrick Irish winning over the Shockby Indians because, you know me, I'm a Gary Schlepper guy. So I'll pick St. Patrick over Shockby in the Class B championship Sunday, uh, 7.30, which is the only night game, apparently, of the weekend, the Sunday 7.30 night game in Dassel. Yep, I'm going to go, and this is a this is so boring, but I'm going to go Minnetonka Millers over the Meesville Mudhens. Uh, that's who I've got. Um, I'd like to see a B team win it. Not I've got nothing against any A team, but I just like I would like to see a B team win the first year of doing this. That'd be pretty cool. That, that would. Yeah. And to be a cool story. So. Yeah, no question about it. And, and again, I think the single elimination format, just like we were saying earlier, I think that's going to be just great for that because it's it's added a layer of intrigue. But I was even because there was a B game taking it was the the uh, the Dundas versus uh, who did Dundas lose to? Dundas lost to uh, the Cobras, uh, and that was the game that was taking place before ours. And they had a really good crowd there. They I, I thought for a, for a B state game against an A team, I thought that's a pretty good crowd for a state tournament game. Yeah, and I think they've had some really impressive crowds, and I and I think that you know they're, they're kind of attributing to that to, to some of the A's too. Now, obviously, there's a few more games, so you expect you know based on your average per game attendance, sure. that your number is going to be a little bit higher. But I think that there's also a little bit of intrigue, maybe for some of these A fans who have traditionally maybe had a little bit smaller fan bases that hey, we're we're playing in this state tournament. It's not you know beer league softball. You know, come out and check it out. And you're maybe getting, you know, a few more parents, a few more um, in-laws and friends that are that are coming and checking it out. And, you know, if one out of five of those, you know, can draw interest and somehow contribute in some way, I think that uh, you've done what you wanted to. So no doubt um, should be a great weekend. Can't wait. No doubt. And again, thanks for all of you, all that you do. And thanks for coming on, man. It's always a blast talking town baseball. And I, as, as we've said to, to start this off, I, I just, I can't believe it's Labor Day weekend already, but, uh, but thanks again for everything that you do, man. And I'm sure, I'm sure we will run into each other at some point over the course of this weekend. 
All right. Talk to you later, Reavers. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you at the park. Sounds good. There he goes. His name is Jeremy Stender. Follow him like I do, at KGLBGuy on Twitter. And if you have the chance, get your butt out to a town baseball game for the weekend. It's a lot of people that putting in a lot of hard work, making $0 doing it. It's just for the love of baseball. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next time. Until then, cheers.